Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zenker, and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invite you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Well, good morning, everyone. It's been a while since we had our Still Growing in Grace episode. I uh, tried to do it weekly, and then over the Christmas time and New Year's, it got uh, pretty crazy. This whole COVID um, stress has really messed up a lot of schedules, um, and I've noticed the impact in my own life. So uh, it's time for some more encouragement. So I'm glad you took time to join us today. We are live, but I will be showing you some pre-recorded video because uh, I think you're going to really enjoy it. Um, today we're going to be enjoying a conversation with Bill Thrasher, and we're going to talk about some of the basics. So I want to play for you just a one-minute clip of um, what led to the, today's discussion. It's It, it was before I hit the record, or sorry, before I uh, kind of planned when we're going to start, uh, you know, the start of the conversation. So this is this is like one minute just before we started. So I want to see what you guys think of this, and this will be the teaser into what we are going to be talking about today. Here we go. Um, what kind of spiritual atmosphere are you uh, kind of encountering from people that probably could be beneficial to chat about? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think for me, as weird as it sounds, um, it won't sound weird to you, but to some people, it's kind of getting back to that, the basics of, of, of grace. And the I would love to talk about that. The importance of grace, right? It's just okay. that, this, this just simplistic understanding of. Okay, here know, we go. I know yeah. what we're going to do. Okay. We're going to go back to the basics of grace, but let me ask you some questions. I'll run it. Like I'll, I'll, interview you so to speak this is a conversation not an interview but you know what i mean if richard jumps in he'll love this one too because um maybe we can talk about a couple of the things that have excited us most of what we've grown in and what did we learn at the very beginning that allowed us to come to this conclusion this can be a couple of conversations i think i think so yeah and this is the top okay well, hopefully that gave you a little bit of a teaser. I, uh, uh, I had a really good time chatting with him. And this is probably going to turn into a, a really good, healthy discussion. If you read the um, uh, com or sorry, the, the title or description of today's episode, this is about going back to some basics that are really important. It is so easy to forget where we have come from. In fact, uh, if you are growing in grace in, in any kind of way, uh, wherever you're at, because there's, there's no comparing with one another, um, but you'll probably have gotten into some discussions with individuals who may not agree uh, with some of the beliefs that you are uh, embracing. Um, you can be accused of all kinds of things, but we cannot forget where we have come from. And so today's discussion is just the first of many. And I'm going to be not only talking with Bill Thrasher, but Richard Murray as well. I'm going to be speaking with some Canadians and, and sharing their journey of grace and uh, Again, this is just going to be the honest conversations, heart to heart, uh, of where we are growing and how we are growing, uh, even at dealing with some of the, um, the tensions. Because if there isn't a tension in your growth, um, that may, uh, I don't want to make it a carte blanche blanket statement, but it could likely mean, hey, you're not really growing right now. And some people don't care. And that's fine. 
But in the growth, you will find tension because there is going to be a wrestling. It's like if you don't see the Bible, if, if you don't read the Bible the same way as you did 20 years ago or 10 years ago, um, have you grown at all? Is there? Do you see the same Bible verses to mean the same thing? Do you understand um, the importance of the scriptures and how do you view them? That's really going to mess up some some people's conversations. But today, let's get into the journey of grace. And I couldn't uh, have interviewed a, a better guy on this journey. He His name is Bill Thrasher. He wrote a book called The Jesus Purpose. Uh, you can find uh, Bill on Facebook. Uh, I think it's called The Jesus Purpose Community. It's a private group, but you can search for it on Facebook and it's there. Um, but it's a small, relaxed, growing community of people growing in grace, just like Hope Fellowship is, just like Still Growing in Grace Canada is. And I like that. I like that relaxed attitude and atmosphere, not coming at it as one who has arrived. So today, let's uh, dig into uh, what I think is a really good conversation. So join us right now as we move into the interview. It's about half an hour. I think you'll enjoy it. I think, well, we'll see. I think maybe 38 minutes. Who knows? We'll see. Here we go. We're going to have fun, Bill. Um, we haven't had a chance to talk for a long time. And today we want to just begin a conversation about uh, let's call it the journey of grace. And Bill and I have been on journeys for a long time. In fact, I met Bill unofficially. We didn't really meet, meet, but we found out we were at the same event um, at the Beyond an Angry God conference. You were the sound dude. I was. Yeah. And I was the video dude. And uh, the, well, the backup video, because the video they were going to shoot, their camera didn't work. So Mine was the only recording, so it was really fun. I still haven't figured out how to put the audio over top of the video, but I'm, I'm, I could probably do that now. I don't know. Um, but a lot has happened in those four or five years, and not only that, but uh, in the last 10 years of growing. So I would love to hear a couple things that, you're, that have been the newest meaningful things that you're currently pondering, not arrived at, but because there is no rival. Um, but what have been what have been some key topics in the journey of growing in our understanding of God's amazing love for us that have gotten you excited over the last maybe year to a half year? Um, and then I'll, I'll share mine as well. And if Richard Murray jumps in, that'd be great. We'll fill him in right away. But I think this is a really big one. Then if we're lucky, we go back to what brought us to these topics. How do we even arrive? Because even the stuff we're excited about now, we didn't just suddenly have this revelation go, oh, yeah, I believe that. There has been a progressive journey of learning and unlearning. The unlearning, people use the term deconstruction, but I think unlearning is a more accurate way to explain those things we've been taught that we thought we fully knew, but oh, shoot, not all of it's correct and parts fizzle off. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. And, and you know, not to get all jump hyper um, theological right off the bat. But, you know, I think when we go back to that whole concept of metanoia, the old you know, religious word we use. Define, for, define that again, because not everybody's going to Yeah, yeah. well, means. repentance, right? Repentance is the word we've heard in the English language. Um, it comes from a Greek word, ultimately, um, that was metanoia. Meta, meaning to change, like metamorphosis. Noia, I've always used the word like where we get our kind of root word of noggin, like, you know, it's, it's change your head, change where your head space is, change where your mind, where your focus mm. is. We've always heard that word, you know, kind of beating us up in this, you know, get right with God mentality, correct your actions, correct your behaviors, change what you're doing 
not what you're thinking or who you know you to who you know yourself to be right and so everything that whole you were just saying you know rethinking things or dismantling things or how you know unbelieving things redefining redefining all of them come to i think come together in this concept of metanoia can Um, can i can i say one thing to those that may be listening and watching I, i i know there's a lot of deconstruction groups out there and they're great um and they may scare the daylights out of people because when you begin you think you're going to end up you know not believing in god anymore you think you're potentially you could have the fear of becoming a new wage or no believing anymore i've heard believers call themselves not christian anymore implying that there's zero concept of god no it's not it this is if jesus is guiding us into a deeper understanding of who he is some layers are going to fall off it's like the pruning of the vines there's gonna be pieces clipped off that were never bearing the fruit you thought you worked really hard to get that vine growing and suddenly that was never meant to be there and it gets clipped um for your good and people need to realize it's not you're okay to be scared because that means you're not living in certainty anymore, right? Yeah. I, I think certainty becomes the, the, um, the poison of uh, real much. growth. Yeah, and, and it's a different type of fear. Um, you know, so much of the fear the, that we've been established um, in, in our religious background, our religious thinking is a fear of God or a fear of, you know, um, the effects of what God will allow to happen either way you slice it. And I wish Richard, Richard was here because he's really good about helping. Yeah, he is. It still goes back to God having the power to control that, whether God does it himself or whether God allows it. Um, God, well, is, that was one of the topics we were going to talk about control. <laughs> right? if, God, if God is God. Another time though. <laughs> and God is omnipotent, right? Is all yeah, powerful. Yeah. Then, then God, that's, that's on God. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there, you're right. There's this underlying fear from a religious standpoint, but the religious, you know, when we can crack that certainty of that's what God looked like, looks like a different type of fear sets in, but it's a fear of ego. It's a fear of oh, ourself, yeah. you know, not living up to those um, previous standards and thinking that still has some kind of um, contribution. Right. And that's where now we're getting into grace right now is that this idea that, the, the most radical thing for me when it comes to grace that, that finally set in for, for so many to, I believe grace is this, it covers up all my bad crap. Mm. You know, that's what, that's what to the average person, I think they think grace means it covers like up white snow crap. over poop. Yeah. Right. And, and I think there's a part of that, but we'll get to that. Moreover, it, it raises all my good stuff too. I mean, good stuff. Yeah, I know everything I've contributed good doesn't, doesn't contribute to my position in love. That's and not fair. That is heavy. Mm-hmm. That's heavy. Neither does my bad stuff. I forgot about that. You're my right. good stuff doesn't contribute to my position in love in one way at all in any way while love loves me regardless of where i am in my behavioral or even mental capacities um and so when i have anything that i do loving or good or merciful 
or weighted injustice or any of these things that we see as beneficial to our, our world, the second we tie those behaviors to superiority in our position in front of man or God, we're walking outside of grace. Mm. And that's, that's hard. That's humbling. Self-righteousness is a, it's a. Well, the system of religion yeah. is about self-works, yeah. it, but we don't realize that we, you know, come to Jesus and he'll make you right. But here's all the stuff you got to do to stay right, to maintain your salvation, to maintain your forgiveness. Holy smokes the list. Yeah. And even inside of what, again, getting these deconstruction groups, if we're not careful, you see this kind of, kind of anti-religion religion begin to be established if we're not careful, where there's these new works that start to creep up to make yourself qualified inside of this new community. And yeah, it may look different than that old conservative religious system, but now, and it's a more, you know, kind of, it's a different set of standards and a different to-dos, but you have to do all these things also now to show yourself as being quote unquote mm-hmm. worthy. Are you just deconstructed enough to join our group? No, you're worthy. We're worthy. (laughs) And our worthiness doesn't come from what we do or or even what we believe. It comes from the heart of the Father. I think the deconstruction word turns off some people. Mm. But uh, for me, I understand what it is because for me, it resonated really well. So those that are ticked off with the word, go, wait a minute, that's, that's, that's like this pop culture thing. No, no, it's not. Find your own word, reconstruction, renovation project, unlearning, because the whole process is God taking what is not true in you of the things you believe that are not true and fizzling them out. There shouldn't be any fear because if it's not true, that's the stuff that's going to be gone. That's right. Right? Like it should not be something to be afraid of. If we're afraid, why? Well, I have all the answers. That's right. Yeah. And then if we circle that back, we a lot of times find we're afraid of God. Oh, maybe because we don't know him? probably, or we know a false version of him that's not Christ-like. So what would you say has been one of your bigger revelations that this, this, if I could say in one or two things, this and this are, are the probably the biggest things I've learned so far. You may not be able to explain it all, but just no, a blanket title. And for me, there were, there were really two, maybe a third, but I think two primary ones that, that for me were the, the, I don't know, the straws on that proverbial camel that just broke the back of religion completely. Um, the first, and, and I remember it, it was about 13 years ago, was the first time I sat in a church. It was, an, it was a, a different style church, a church that was very close to my heart and very near to dear to me. The, the same church that actually uh, Steve was in with William Paul Young years ago. And um, it, the pastor there at the time, it was our first visit, I think, he gave a message on the tree of life versus the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And how the tree of life is a, a, an image or an icon of Jesus. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we get it confused a lot because it is the tree of religion. It is the tree of morality. It's right the tree of self-righteousness, of do it yourself, right? And for me, man, it was like, Somebody walked up and just hit me with a piece of wood across the head, like popped me hard. Like for the first time, I was a 30-year-old man. Everything made sense, it, you know, in a new way in my faith. 
Like I had never heard anybody even mention that. I've been in, I, I've been in church my entire life. Uh, my dad worked for Billy Graham. I mean, I've <laughs> I was literally in Southern Baptist Convention uh, inside the the Hoosier Dome, you know, with a whole bunch of pastors. I knocked me on my feet twelve years ago. It was an independent church, non denominational church, and I, that so that was that was Domino One. Yeah, because did you ever hear of that term, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is like the embryo of the law? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's not the knowledge of evil. We, we, I think there's this perception, and there was for me prior to that moment, that it's the, tr- the good tree and the bad tree. <laughs> but the judgment. idea that there's a good tree and a bad tree yep. is the knowledge of good and evil, right? Like, like It's the same tree. Whoa. It's the knowledge between good and evil is the thing that brings death upon us. And that, that's tough. That's, that's a hard pill, but it starts to redefine so many other things mm. forward toward Christ. And it's such a perfect depiction of what Christ is trying to reveal on the cross, that it's not about our self-righteousness. It's not about our sin. It's about who God tells us we are. Mm. There you go. That's a good line. Right. Second point was um, from Hebrews, I believe, 10.3 that Jesus is the exact representation of God. That was the other one. Those two things, tree of life, tree of knowledge, and good needs. So morality versus grace, law versus grace is really what it is, right? And then if I have any question of what God looks like, I start with Jesus. I don't start with the Bible. I don't start with Moses. I don't start with Isaiah. I don't start with anybody. I start with Jesus. Did you, did, is, was that at the beginning of your journey or that's kind of where you are now? Because yes. if you did that at the beginning, <laughs> that's crazy. Right. Yes. And the reason I'm, the reason I'm asking is um, there are going to be people that um, are on a journey. Uh, some haven't even understood what grace is yet, but to hear some connecting points of things they've believed and realize there might be another perspective on that, that lead, that will lead them deeper down the rabbit hole. You know, you're, you're, you're hitting a couple points, a couple topics. So. Yeah, so those two things. So yes, they were the beginning. And I will say that they have maintained their foundational footing mm. under everything. Even today, everything goes back to those two kind of pillars um, for me right? Everything that I've kind of dismantled or disassembled or deconstructed or reframed or I've had metanoia with have come from those two foundational cornerstones um, in some way, shape, or form. Um, And and so the, you know, the whole Jesus thing just continues. It's it's one of those, it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. You can't, like you said, there's no end to it. So when I start with Jesus as the exact representation of God, I had a much different understanding of what Jesus, who Jesus was 13 years ago, because I hadn't started to look at Jesus first. I had been taught and learned to uh, read and, and comprehend Jesus through a, through a paradigm that says Jesus is like the God of the Bible. And what's the problem with that? Well, it's backwards, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's hard because I think just as Westerners, um, you know, Western culture, and this is a little philosophical, goes back to logic-based thinkers and, you know, Greece and Rome, and, and we, we want something tangible, that back to that certainty point, right? We want something we can, we can have a logically-based, in-rooted 
I can point to it, I can have a dead letter that confirms what I believe and I can stick behind it. And that, that makes us feel good intellectually, but it, it's, it's, you know, it's lifeless spiritually. It is, it's truly lifeless spiritually. There's no, there's no mystical beauty behind it. There's no poetry in it. There's no art. It's just dead letter literalism. Okay, I'm going to make you go backwards for a minute because what you first heard at the beginning was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. That was a key element. Um, The God of Jesus, the God that Jesus believed in was the same as Jesus. That did that happen right 13 years ago? Is that more where you're now realizing I can see it now? I'm more convinced now of that than ever because for me than other but 13 years ago i heard that verse oh you're so lucky for the same time at that time and and for me now i'm not here's the funny thing so many people that were on the journey with me even 13 years ago have not walked that out to its fullest end in fact somewhere along the line the vast majority of them recoiled it's a word i like to use Mm. and have sprung back into religion somewhere because a god that looks exactly like jesus is is again it is frightening to the and why why would you say they're afraid of that because i have a hunch but this is a good part i uh, think good question i think there's a couple reasons but the biggest one is it takes self-righteousness off the table okay it goes right back to where we were i'm gonna i'm gonna flip it another direction though because i i think you're right but for people stuck in the system there is another wall that comes first Mm. okay because they they think they're righteous they're fine <laughs> because of their selfish righteousness. I think the self-righteousness gets um, d- decimated in the light of Christ's love and light. Yeah. But I have a hunch spirit or sorry, scriptural infallibility becomes a oh, huge wall that blocks them because now mm-hmm. we're seeing a God that's really angry. We see a schizophrenic God up and down, up and down all through scripture, but we say it's biblical. I think that is yeah, one of the greatest hindrances. Oh, it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's where if Jesus is who he said he was, you've seen me, you've seen the father. Okay. That means I have to start with Jesus. Yeah. We don't teach people that way. The, the church, the institutional church hasn't taught people that for 1700 years in the Western world, especially um, that we start with Jesus. And then we, we literally bend and mold and flex scripture Mm-hmm. to look like Jesus crucified. What we've been taught is we contort Jesus crucified to look like Molech, to look like Baal, <laughs> yeah. to look like the God of the Old Testament who matches all those other tribal angry gods. Yep. And, and that, is a, that is a 180 degree paradigm shift for a person. So and there are some walls people have to go through. There's some gates of revelation they've got to walk through before they'll even understand. They may want to believe what we're saying, but it's going to take some time to navigate. Like like what you're saying now is probably my favorite revelation in the last couple of years. That that to me is the biggest thing because it does a couple of things. It makes God bigger and better than I ever dreamed of. And he continually gets bigger and better, but so does everyone else. I see everyone else as in Christ and loved like God loves God's love of the father towards all humanity. And I see people differently. So if it's making me love God more and love and accept people and include people, 
how do you explain that? But it took me a long time, a number of steps. I don't think there, and that's the challenge. There's no explanation. It's only experienced. Yeah. Right. The Holy Spirit is the one who leads us unto all this truth. And it, like words fall short of trying to articulate what we start to observe and resonate, you know, literally vibrationally in our life when we, when we start to connect with this truth that is that passes that gives us a piece that passes all understanding right and it's it's hard and yet i think you're right i think so many people walk up i, I kind of use this metaphor they walk up to the precipice the edge of this cliff and there's an ocean of grace and pure grace and that ocean you know, when we look at it, we're like, oh, hey, you've been to the ocean, I'm sure, right? You're way up in Canada. I don't know if you've ever been down to the real beach. Right? Listen here, buddy. <laughs> I know you've been to Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> so if you've been up and against the ocean, here's the deal. Oceans are not safe. They're dangerous. I didn't know that until I went to Mexico. I've been to Myrtle Beach, Virginia Beach, Florida. All but it wasn't until I got to Mexico that I saw the danger of, of the water. Never could experience it before. It was the first time. It was very interesting. And, and you know, in this body of water is just abundance of life. I mean, we can't fathom the abundance of life inside of this ocean, right? Um, but that ocean is also terrifying when we understand its power mm. and all of these other things. And we walk up to the precipice of this ocean and we're like, ooh, I'd love to jump in. But the flag is red. But it's dangerous. <laughs> and we just, and we don't, we kind of, and we walk it back because there's a fear that, that that danger is going to harm us. And again, you know what's interesting? The first, that same hotel that we were at, um, you remember the flag colors were up? There was red. There was... I didn't go. Oh. <laughs> we need to go. I know. <laughs> so when I, when I first went to this particular hotel and we're in Puerto Vallarta, I love Puerto Vallarta. I can hardly wait to take my wife there, but I just ran in. I'm used to Ontario beaches because we have the largest freshwater beaches in the world. And you would never know it's not the ocean if you didn't know better. Like it's, it, it is, it's, 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 it's clean water. It's freshwater. So I did not know. And I had, I, I got yelled at by my friends say, Whoa, what are you doing? And they finally had to explain there's a red flag there. You just ran right in. You didn't know, but I didn't know about the undertow. I didn't know what I was getting into. And that's kind of the fear. Like I had a little more respect for the, for the ocean that, you know, that day, but the next day somebody else drowned. And but so I'll tell you, there's, thought, there's, you know, in the spiritual sense, that's a fear I would call awe. Yeah. Right? Good word. Yep. No, that, that's, it shouldn't be a fear of a punishment. Right. And, and the more we respect, right. It's that's respect. Right, respect. Absolutely. The more we drown ourselves, we die to self, depending on whatever metaphor you want to use into this ocean of grace, we'll get swept away in it. And mm. it, and it, it takes us somewhere beautiful and new and exciting. And again, the metaphor breaks down there and that's okay. Um, but so many people would rather just go back to the chlorinated swimming pool. Oh, oh right? no, I there's know. No but, oh. There's no, there's no life, but you know, it's safe. It's Extra safe, ingredients you didn't want. It's inside my box, <laughs> right? I, I can, I can splash, I can play, I can act like it's the ocean. I get all the same, you know, fun or so I think out of it, but it's, 
it's it's safe. And so I see religion being so closely this is this mm. metaphor. And people want they walk up to the ocean, they want that experience, but then they 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 don't want to also deal with the dangers that come from it. Those dangers that are salting to our ego, our, our fleshly life, right? And the and the dangers that 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 aren't aren't inside the way okay. the, the, the turbulence, so the things that are going to break apart. Explain certain- explain for me. Mm-hmm. religion and the the freedom of the sea grace because um, religion is safe in many ways it's controlled it, you don't have to think you just do what you're told and even religion means to be bound that's what the word actually means, means religare yeah but not permanently like yeah. i religare my arm when it's in a cast right what do you what do you want what do you want to say about that time right we, we have swaddling clothes as a baby where we're bound but we're supposed to be freed from that at some point a 44 year old's not supposed to be swaddled in swaddling clothes bingo okay exactly <laughs> exactly right and so you know you know getting back kind of that that that, that idea of, of grace being dangerous is a beautiful thing because it's dangerous to the things that honestly are anti-life well why are people afraid of it and, and call it a license to go sin in your understanding how would how would you address that because i think again this is one of the early stages is. of fear of moving forward because it is a license to sin <laughs> that's one of the movies I sin just fine without one what are you talking about well, here's the thing people it's, grace is just a license to sin yep yep and you can you can go and do whatever you want and you will never be unincluded or unloved or, or unreconcilable to God. You have a free license. You have every you hundred percent free license to do whatever you want. And in that revelation, something inside of us goes, what kind of God would that be? I mean, that makes no sense. What kind of love is like that? That's what the centurion, right? He looks at Jesus. What kind of love isn't surely this can, man. Can I pause you? So um, when you say license to sin, in my mind, I run to two things right away. Um, license as in my understanding of how God will see me and then the consequences. People are going to think that right away. So two different things, right? Two different things. I okay. still have the burdens of the consequences in the natural realm of law. You know, law is not just some paper thing we do that says, don't do this, don't do that. If I jump off a building, I have to deal with the law of gravity, whether I like it or not. That's a law. Unless you're wearing a parachute. <laughs> Sorry. I said to throw that in. <laughs> <laughs> right. But again, now I've taken a step to try and curb the law. But regardless, the law's in play, right? Inside of the temporal framework that is this closed existence for right now. I mean, we have the law so, of limited dimensions. We have the law of time. We have we have some things, and Richard Murray explains this really well about mm. that God has almost put safeguards in place that we can't run our, you know, it's like giving, I got, you have teenagers, right? Or you recently had them. I have just a, ended, just about. I have a 19-year-old who's turning 20 in May. So you've been through the driving thing. I have too. I have a 16-year-old daughter and an 18-year-old son handing a, a license to a 16-year-old boy. <laughs> Right, I'm giving him a license to go miss the mark, <laughs> and so and, <laughs> and, it, and his ability to follow the speed limit, to probably roll through red lights. Right, I give him a license. And okay. I said, you have the ability. But go ahead. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So 
part of the problem with the quote license to sin, I just realized this is a misunderstanding of what sin is. Mm. Right. Because Absolutely. some people in the, those that are so stuck in religion where the rules are there to protect us, to keep us from sinning, they don't realize the Bible says the rules are there to incite your sin. That's right. Of wrongdoing. So powers of sin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. That was, yeah. Cause that was another topic. Well, again, what is, yeah. and then, and again, we're getting, we're, we're just, we're just flowing through this river. Let's right have fun with it. This is good. We're going to have a couple conversations on this. And this comes back to that. Jesus is the exact representation of God mm. for me in that. And, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil versus the tree of life. I don't start my definition of sin with Moses. I don't oh, that'd be my, terrible right now. Although I many people would start, start my there. definition of sin with the old covenant Bible words and languages. That's backwards. I start it with Christ crucified as my image of perfect love. And anything that misses the mark from that level of forgiving, selfless, poured out, you know, kenosis, mm -hmm. if you want to go look up a big theological word, We'll come anything, back to that one, I promise. <laughs> anything missing the mark from that image of God is sin. Not so rule. sin is not necessarily the actions we do. Not if I not if I start with Jesus as the exact representation mm -hmm. of God. No, it's not. Now my now my definition of sin heretic. Is, You're a heretic. I know changes that paradigm. <laughs> and and now my, my definition of sin is what doesn't look like Christ-like love, mm. right? The, oh, the, that, okay. Now you're getting to the real core. Yep. <laughs> and that, but that, that even gets sticky because here's the problem. Jesus lived under a law-based covenant, right? Well, and let's this, take the fist for a minute. This is going to be the core of God's love, okay? All right. around it, all angles. We, we're going to cover a lot of topics and all going to point to this. And we're right. just touching two or three of them right now. There's a hundred more. Oh, there, or, and, 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 and just, yeah, it's never ending in our depths of exploration, right? But Jesus as a Jew, he lived, so Jesus, even, even the story of Jesus, and I think this is kind of just a kind of where I'm at in the last couple of years. Jesus is exact representation of God, right? Yeah. But there is a pinpointed moment of space-time that is the most perfect image of Christ. So you have Jesus, you have these co-centric circles, right? We have scripture, we have the Jewish story, we have Jesus, but then at the very, the most pinpointed moment is Christ crucified. Mm. That image of love and what he is doing and saying in that image and understanding it to the depths of my soul's ability that's what gives me those paradigm shifts that, that move again take, outwardly. Take me through what that looks like from the perspective of religion that thinks it understands what the message of the cross is to what the even greater, wider message is. Because it's yeah. the religious perspective has truth in it, but it's not complete. It's incomplete. It is. And I actually wrote, let me see if I can get to that. I actually wrote about this. No um, way. Yesterday. Um, oh, my goodness. This exact thing. Uh, oh. God incidents, eh? Well, yeah, because, and, and this is what, you don't even know what you don't believe sometimes until somebody says something otherwise that kind of rocks your world and you're like, oh, or the Holy Spirit just speaks it to your own soul privately. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wrote this and I think this is, 
this hits the point uh, to, a, to a small degree. I, pardon me, I'm just going to read what I wrote just because I think I took time contemplatively to get to these, this place. It says, theological transformation only needs the smallest of nudges. Mm. The questioning of one small contradictory belief is all it really takes to get the dominoes falling in succession, right? Exactly what we're talking about. And people are too busy trying to stop the dominoes from falling. Right? It stops up. Most people start with questioning the widely pervasive understanding of penal substitutionary atonement theory. And we've probably talked about this before. And once they really grasp its antichrist nature, they cannot help but to reconsider other parts of their faith. Even if they don't know the fancy words used to describe what they're questioning, like penal substitution atonement theory, right? Not everybody. What is that? Right? And (laughs) I go into explaining here. They begin to awaken to the radical idea that if God is exactly like Jesus and Jesus is fully God, then God could not abandon Jesus on the cross and pour out his wrath upon him. This is an unreconcilable problem with what they've been indoctrinated to believe in when it is so, contemplated and studied. So what did you say about they don't even know they believe it or what was they that part? They don't even know you believe it because you've been indoctrinated, right? Thank Until you. Until something comes mm-hmm. and, and, and punches you in the face with it, hits you up beside the head with that two by four mm-hmm. that happened to me at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the exact representation. Those two things shook loose the screws of indoctrination. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the machine started to do the whole <laughs> wobble, wobble yeah, until it yeah. disassembled, right? Deconstructed, whatever you want to call it, metanoia. Um, I go on to say from there, once we profess this repentance, right? Change of mind, Changing yeah. our minds to become aligned with spirit, hmm. to believe alone that Jesus is the perfect image of God. Well, then all sorts of other dogmas start to come tumbling down to Wow. One by one, they fall. Scriptural literalism, an angry separated God, biblical inerrancy, eternal punitive torture, what we would call traditional versions of hell, conditional objective salvation, the institution of the church. Now I'm going to get myself in trouble. Right? No, you won't. No, you won't. And so many more. Yep. Right? We change. We, we begin to see it. God looks exactly like Jesus and most precisely Jesus crucified and his unfailing spirit of unconditional forgiveness. Mm. That is the pinpoint center of my theology. Is it yours? If that path and its progression of theological beliefs makes me a heretic to your version of faith, where it's necessitated that Jesus was sent as God's whipping boy, so be it. We just believe differently. But if that's you, realize that Jesus' Christ-like love is not the center of yours, no matter how hard you try to sell people that it is. Mm. In actuality, the unloving divine actions of violent child abuse upon Jesus and a merciless abandonment toward him is the center point theologic defining image of your faith. Wow. That's hard to hear, right? That I believe that for... 30 years of my life. I'm going to have to rewind this and listen to that again. That was good. The, the center of my faith for, faith for 30 years was a God that was antichrist. And I didn't wow. know it. That's blunt. I didn't know it. And most people don't know it. Yep. 
Because they love Jesus. They really do. And they, they totally them. trust their leaders. The center they, of their faith. Jesus yeah. is still the center of their faith. But the center of their faith as the, as the uh, recipient of God's anger. Mm. Not as the revelation of God's love. I've met people who have believed in the goodness of God and are really good people, but they've had a hard time with all the stuff they've learned in church. But deep down, they've had this spot. Ah, I'd never sat right. And then when they hear this, they go, I knew it. They do. It, it, it's, it's earth shattering. Yeah. It, we got, we got to wrap this up, uh, unfortunately. And I would love to do part two. Uh, maybe Richard will join us, but this is just the beginning. If you're game, I'd like to, this conversation, I think is really going to be important, not only for us to remember where we've come from, but to remember what others are also currently struggling with. And those who are running ahead in wonderful journeys of grace need to remember not everybody is all in the same group, so to speak, in their theological journey. I think the next time we talk, one of the things that we can extrapolate on from here is the idea of the Trinity. Okay, let's do it. That's that's the third pillar. Okay. That comes comes next is I've always was told about the Trinity, but I, I didn't believe in the Trinity because Jesus and God weren't the same. I kind of always believed it, but never had to articulate it. Just well, I didn't know what it meant. Well, Father, right. Son, Holy Spirit, right? Done. Yeah, I, I just there were three. Yeah, you know, three being the same. Wait a second. Now that changes everything, and that and Holy Spirit's probably mm-hmm. the most important part of that equation that's never talked about. Yeah, yeah, I. Uh... I remember there's about uh, 10 different things. I, and I made a list of these 10 things that radically changed me to want to grow more from my system of religion. Forgiveness is one of them. That mm-hmm. whole forgiveness thing that I'm forgiven. Yeah. What? So yeah. this is a teaser. We're going to, we're going to, there's a whole bunch more. And I think this could become a really encouraging series for those that are seeking to grow deeper and wider without the framework of a system of how to do it. This is going to be the Holy spirit jumping around, bumping us, guiding us, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah. Well, and I guess just to tease, just because that, that Holy Spirit revelation or awakening for me was kind of the last thing that, that forced me out of my, my previous institutional church. That's the fork in the road that they kept going in a different direction. Mm. And I, I went somewhere else that they weren't willing to, to explore. <laughs> And that Holy, if we're going to have Holy Spirit bouncing around with us, we got to know who get she ready is. To, get ready to be dragged. We got to know who she is first mm. so we can trust. Oh, that's another back. problem. She. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we'll go there. Well, so fine. We trust who she is first in order to allow her to drag us through all these new other places. So. Okay. What stuff. a thrill to chat with you today. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, look forward to next time. And hopefully Richard Murray will join us too. All right. Catch y'all next time. See you later. And uh, I'm looking forward to this. Done there. That's done. (laughs) I can cut it off. I I give it a pause. I'm giving you the whole, the whole nice editing (laughs) spot. I try to give a nice, I try to remember that, but whatever. That was fun. I, this could go, this could be, this could go deep and wide fast. Oh, it will. I mean, I I should probably send you. All righty. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with, uh, uh, Bill Thrasher. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I can hardly wait till we do it again next time. Um, there's, there's a lot to take in uh, from what we talked about. So uh, eager to hear your comments. Make sure you uh, make a, a note online. 
um, that you watched and where you're watching from. I'd love to hear that. I saw Willard joining in from Windsor, so thank you for that. And uh, that's it for today. We're going to send you on your way. Hope you enjoy this uh, uh, rest of the week. And next week, I think we're going to have Bill and Richard Murray. So I think it'll be exciting. So stay tuned for that. Here we go. We're wrapping it up. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in today. Join me next time on Still Growing in Grace for more good news. Enjoy previous episodes by downloading our podcast at growingingrace.ca. You can also visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, please consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning in to Still Growing in Grace.